Hearing the names read this morning of our saints, I know that was hard for me. I know it was hard for you. Now, some of them on that list I didn't know personally, but I know of their family. And I know for that family, that loss has been hard. Then there's others that I did know, church members. And not only is there grief with the families, but I share a small piece of that as well. Because I too will miss these saints. I carried this list around with me this week and actually much longer in my head. And as I looked at the names of the ones I knew on the list, there was sadness, but there were also times of joy, smiling on the inside at least, and remembering stories of some of these folks. I think of one person on that list. I remember times when he and I would sit and talk football, something that both of us love to do. If you know me, when I, on my voicemail, it ends by saying, go dogs. Well, whenever he would leave a voicemail to me, he would say, go Steelers. I miss my time with Bob. But I smile inside, reflecting on our times together. I think of another person on the list, and I remember the times when our church and our youth would go and sing Christmas carols at the home of some of these shut-ins of ours, especially one on the list who would be so excited because she had made just boatloads of sweets and couldn't wait for us to eat it, and then for us to show to show us around to the many different decorations that she'd put up for Christmas, mostly for our sake. Last Christmas was the first time in years that she couldn't do that because she was in the hospital and she would not leave from the hospital again. I miss my times with Betty, but I'm grateful to have had times with her in my own life. Another name on that list that had me reflecting this week was someone who opened up her back porch to me to whenever I could come over. And on those times when I would sit down with her, always with a cold beverage in my hand, we would laugh about some things and other things we would talk about very seriously because they were important. I miss those times and many other times with my good friend Doris, but I'm thankful for the example of faith and joy that she showed me. Another person on this list whose name I reflected on, what I remember most about her was her fierce determination to live life as fully as she could, even after times where, when she would be stuck in a rehabilitation center over at Golden Living, and she didn't want to be there at all, but boy, she was pushing herself very hard so she could get out of there. And when I would go see her at home, and she was determined to get up and show me how much better she was doing. I miss my times with Shirley. 
But I do appreciate her desire to live life as fully and as freely as she possibly could. And then just a few weeks ago, another name was added to our list of saints. Someone whose absence I still find it very hard to imagine. I must say that one of the most moving remembrances I have of him took place actually at his funeral and at the great meal we had after the funeral at the house he grew up in. And what I remember about that was the great and diverse gathering of people. Some of them were related to him by blood, but so many more were related to him by friendship and laughter. And so many who appreciated the kindness that he showed to them, unbeknownst to most of us, in hard times of life. I miss my times with Bill, but I'm very grateful for the legacy of love that he left behind. Today is All Saints Day, our time to remember those saints and it's a very hard time because we do not have these ones with us now. But we can also be grateful for the life they spent with us and we spent with them. And also as Christians, we can give thanks. We can rejoice and be grateful that these saints who have gone away from us but are now at home in glory with all the other saints. In the book of Revelation, which is probably the most misinterpreted book in all the Bible, which says something, the Apostle John is writing to a people who are being oppressed. Rome is beginning more and more to clamp down on these Christians because, you see, Rome just knew that Caesar was the Son of God. But there were this group who called themselves the Christians who believed that Jesus was the Son of God. And the Romans were making sure to snuff out those ones who would say anyone other than Caesar was the Son of God. And by the time John writes his book, they're being killed because of their faith. John writes this book as a message of hope to these people. In short, that despite how things seem, God wins. The Lamb of God lives and reigns. As Tim read for us this morning, John tries to give us a glimpse of really trying to imagine what Really, we cannot imagine. And that's a glimpse of what heaven will be like. And John talks about the, the great multitude that no one can count. And it's made up of a rich diversity of people of all tribes and languages and peoples and nations. They're standing before the throne of God and before the Lamb. Robed in white and they have palm branches in their hand. Branches to praise the God and the Lamb. They cry out that salvation belongs to our God. And then there's all these angels and elders and the, and the living creatures. And they're all falling down before the throne and worshiping God. And they're singing 
Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power. All that belongs to our God. And then the elders say, who is these ones who are robed in white? Where they have come from? Then John says, well, sir, you know. And he says, these are the ones that have come out of the great ordeal. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Those who have come out of the great ordeal. John is talking about those saints who have gone on because they have been killed. That word for great ordeal, the ordeal in Greek is philipsis. Philipsis uh, comes from a verb which means crushed or squashed. Um, it speaks of like grapes being in a wine press. When John speaks of those who went through the great ordeal, it's not about those who had minor inconvenience, but who have suffered greatly, had a life-altering event take place in their lives. John's message is that they have gone through that great ordeal, and now they're doing okay. And not just okay, they are before the throne where they worship Him day and night. That one who's seated on the throne, it says, will shelter them. These ones who have gone through the great ordeal, they'll hunger no more, they'll thirst no more. The sun won't strike them or the scorching heat. The lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He'll guide them to springs of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the hope that we proclaim today. Not only for those saints of, of that time who went through the great ordeal, but it was a message to, to those who would be reading about this book of Revelation and about that God's promise, God's hope goes with them as well. And we'll go with them. And also that's a message to us, all of us who are also saints. Saints means ones who have been made holy. We are saints not because we're good, thank goodness. We are saints because we have been made saints by God. That text that Cameron read this morning. See what love the Father has given us. That we can be called children of God because that is who we are. We are children of God, loved by God, made holy, made saints by God. That is who we are. This message today is a message to us. Because all of us in some way have been through the great ordeal. Perhaps the great ordeal is learning to live with the loss of a loved one. Maybe the great ordeal are other ways that we might have suffered loss. Perhaps the great ordeal is having to, to live with physical limitations because of our health. Or maybe it's seeing those limitations in the lives of those we love. Perhaps the great ordeal is dealing with dreams that have been shattered. Or hopes that never seem to be realized. I was talking with someone just this week who shared with me that they really try to be a good person, but things just keep turning out bad. 
going through a great ordeal. Maybe the great ordeal involves relationships that have been broken, perhaps beyond repair. Maybe even that great ordeal is relationships that you broke. You were the cause. Or maybe the great ordeal are disappointments that just continue to mount at home or at school or at work. In one way or another, or maybe in several ways, we all know something about suffering. About facing the great ordeal. But let's remember that the God of heaven is also the God of right here and now of life. With us saints in our times of joy, but also with us saints in times of sorrow. In times of a great ordeal. Our God goes with us even as we step into uncertain futures. And when we face times in life when we struggle with how God is still with us, when we just want to shake our fist and say, why? Or how long, God? Remember, the psalmist said the same thing. It's okay to say that. Remember, that God is with us even in those times, even in the silence. Not much silence with Mason, is there? <laughs> and as we live in times of the great ordeal, know that God is at work bringing about something new Something so that our hunger will be no more. Our thirst will be no more. Because the Lamb will be our shepherd. Our Lamb will guide us to the springs of water of new life. And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. This morning we do give thanks to God for the saints who are fully at home with Him now. And we give thanks to God for being with us saints right now who will go with us in all the times of life and who will be with us until the very end of time. Amen.